scintillate. Book Club or a couple of months look at a show just in detail. I'm uh, your host. I'm a little bit uh, country, a little bit rock and roll kip. Uh, with me is uh, American Idiot Steph. And uh, I guess uh, Chinese food makes them sick, David. Come on, you can think of it. <laughs> I was say, you can think of a Japanese genre. Come on. I was trying to like, like bad songs, like, was like a good uh, like what's like a good like Japanese like genre like oh it's like a city pop, city pop yeah okay or Enka could have gone with like bands like oh it's and here is Mr. David Mr. Baby Metal I don't know <laughs> why is Baby Metal the first one I thought of also Baby Baby Metal fucking slaps I'm yeah like, no I'll, I'll I'll I'm okay with that I, I was about to say I mean there's worse things you could be. <laughs> I seriously debated buying tickets to their concert that they started up recently again. Oh, totally. Why not? <laughs> right? Yeah, they fucking slap, man. <laughs> the perfect band is one that like you like really like listening to, but like you don't have like strong like, opinions on. It's like, oh, this is perfect. This is a concert. <laughs> that. I mean, you could have you could have went for like the obvious low blow of like, oh, uh, the vapors. <laughs> what? Yeah, uh, you don't know the vapors. The vapors is like the they're the one hit wonder that made the song I'm turning Japanese. Oh yeah. Oh. Um. <laughs> my favorite one hit wonder is um Wang Chung because their song has their name in it. Everybody Wang Chung tonight. <laughs> you, you used your own name as a verb. Wait, that band's called Wang Chun. <laughs> what, David? Sorry. Like, is that like their like breakout single? That's, yeah, like yeah. And I think the only thing they ever became famous for. Everybody have fun tonight. Yeah, exactly. Everybody Wang Chung tonight. Man, if I went to a Wang Chung and Baby Metal concert, I would be so fucked off my balls. But <laughs> it would be great. You know what's wild? I didn't. I just looked at the Wikipedia for the Vapors. They're still an active band and released an album in 2022. No way. Oh, sorry. No, it's a it's a single. Still. But they're still releasing music. A lot of bands that like don't have success more than like one or two songs, or, like what album, are super prolific, and I think that's great. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Good on you. <laughs> I admire their tenacity. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> but here we are with our tenacity. Um. Mm. To talk about the uh super one hit wonder, the Wing Chung of uh Tokusatsu, which is. Oh, come on. As far as getting one season, not that every episode isn't a banger of this show. It's more like... Mm, I was going to say something, but that doesn't quite line up. <laughs> <laughs> there are lots of shows that have gotten one season like that like an American audience like might know, like Freaks and Geeks or something is like, like what people always say. Oh, I love that show. Firefly, too, right? Yeah. I never watched it, this so I don't like have an the, opinion. The, the Stacy's mom of 
Yeah, Fountains of Wayne. Tokusatsu. Yeah. See? See? Man, Fountains of Wayne and Wayne Chung and Baby Metal. That would be a great concert. <laughs> but no. Um, <laughs> I'm just imagining being high at that concert. Yeah. And just like not knowing what the hell is happening to me. <laughs> that is a tonal whiplash to go from Stacy's mom to like baby metal because like baby metal goes fucking hard so right <laughs> just to close it out they should do it so there's like three stages they're all playing at once everybody wait give me chocolate <laughs> <laughs> yeah. for stacy's mom uh no um i feel so bad though for bands that like only have one song people like because they try and play like a four song set and then like immediately it was like play Stacy's mob. I don't care about like Camaro or whatever your other song is. Right. <clears throat> anyway. Um, we got derailed early this time. It's okay. We're on the rails for change. That's fine. As long as we recover. But this is our penultimate change around episode, which is the 1996 comedy series of a uh, great renown of it it is incredible. Um, this is our last, our second to last set. Episodes 30, 34. In two weeks, we will finish the show. With those uh, last five episodes, um, 35 to 39. But before we start talking about Changer On, um, we had a question, and I wanted to um, ask, who wants to read this question? I'll, I'll read it. I don't, I don't care. Okay. It is there now, David. I'm not reading that name. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> you want to read this question, Steph? Sure. <laughs> El Hijo del Big Balls asks, and you'll understand the reason for that name after I ask this question. What about non-Japanese toku? Chinese and Indonesian toku is more and more popular. Also, Precure sucks. Now, David, big fan of Precure. Do not want to read that. Huge. Giant. So, <laughs> this is... The son of the big balls here asking us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he's certainly living up to the family name. I mean, <laughs> no, I want to see like a mask versus balls mask. I, but no, <laughs> here's, here's the thing. Yeah. It's like you're making the claim that Precure sucks. It is a television show for like 10 year old girls. It, you are not the demographic, Mr. Big Balls. <laughs> Or sorry, the son of <laughs> Big Balls Junior. Yeah, Big Balls Junior. <laughs> She's calling small balls. Um, no, Big Balls is my dad. <laughs> ah, I see. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mister Big Balls. But uh, <laughs> right, I mean, like a Precure is exactly what it needs to be—a television show for ten-year-old girls. Like saying Precure sucks is not really making some kind of like. Over the top comment on the quality of Precure. It's exactly <laughs> what it needs to be. I'm assuming it came up because I mentioned how it airs with Common Rider and like Super Sentai, and it's does yeah, kind of like that same like morning like four hour block, right? I'm not sure, but yeah. Um, yes, but it's not on the same channel. I don't okay. think, but it is in that same similar time slot. Yes. No, like it's one of those shows. Like I think might be like cool to look at like a little bit because it like does the same thing where like it has like a lot of cast and like every year comes out like that same kind of way but also like i like some magical like curl stuff um we watched the whole first season of sailor moon and uh live action on in th the name of the moon 
that was fun. Mm-hmm. It's fine. You know, but yeah. Um, I'm sure that Precure is actually pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, I've seen it on TV just because, like, I'm waiting for the next show to come on. It's not awful. Um, it's no Sailor Moon. I'll say that Sailor Moon was, um, is in a different league in terms of like writing. Like mm-hmm. the problem with Precure, Precure is just kind of like inherently like marketable trash to sell stuff. Where Sailor Moon was a manga first, mm-hmm. and then made an anime, and like the intention there was not to sell fucking tchotchkes to children. Like, it was just, this is a show that happens to be, you know, what it is. Whereas Precure feels a lot more um, corporate. But also, like, half of the time when a newcomer writer comes out, I'm like, eh. Yes. So there, like, might be, like, a good series. We're like, oh, like, the 2013 series is great, you know? Who knows? Yeah. But, yeah. Um. So the rest of it, yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't mind checking out other kinds of toku. Yeah, this is the thing. Like, I don't know enough about Chinese or Indonesian toku. Yeah. But, like, given the penchant for those countries, at least in their, like, action movies, to just be like, yo, we're we're going to go hard. Because, like, you know, like, you got shit like, um, what's his name? The guy from Ong Bak. Ong Bak, Ong Bak. What's his oh, name? Oh, you mean, like, Tony Jaa? Yeah, Tony Jaa. Like, Tony Jaa's, like, crew of dudes. Um, because they're still making movies. Like, if if Tony Jaw's crew of people made a fucking Tokusatsu show, it would be awesome. <laughs> I mean, that's something else, though. That's just maybe this might be a parody. But here's on the front page when I search for uh, Indonesian Tokusatsu. Ah, you oh. click the link. I doubt that's all of it. There's probably some cooler shit. <laughs> that seems very old, though. Yeah, no, that seems like the like weird 90s. Like, Also, wait, hang on. Is this a ripoff of Ben 10? <laughs> yeah, it's Ben 7 <laughs> is what we're looking at. Here's a more modern one, I think. Okay, that looks pretty badass. Called Bima the Karuda Warrior. That looks like a normal show. You know? Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, no, Um, I just don't know. Um what is good so it's kind of like just looking at something just because it's chinese or indonesian if like it's a good sub and like i know there's something with one of these one of these like shows was like super transphobic i remember something coming out about like a drag queen and like some stuff and i just don't have the knowledge (laughs) i mean that could be any (laughs) tokusatsu from the 80s i I mean fuck that's changer on (laughs) bro No, Changer on definitely has some uh, stuff going on. They had it in these fucking set of five episodes. Yeah, no, I just. If I got a stronger recommendation. Sure, yes. Mr. Mr. Big Balls, if you have a strong recommendation for an Indonesian or Chinese toku that we should watch, because I don't think we have the the depth of knowledge to make a informed decision. <laughs> Truly. Yeah. And don't do what you did in this question, which is um, give a spoiler for like stuff that happens in a show and be like, oh, you should watch it because this I cut that out. But I was like, oh, that's not really like I don't care about who dies or whatever. Like, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, if someone dies in the fucking series, don't tell me who dies. Now I don't need to watch it. Exactly. Now I know it's coming. 
the balls in your court, Mr. Big Balls. Mm. <laughs> uh, but no, um, one thing. But the other thing is, uh, we should talk about Shade Rod right now because uh, there's a couple important things um, that link out from this show uh, this week. But um, let's start though, uh, episode thirty. Um, and I love how I can't seem to get the right name for these episodes. Like they change with like every source, but it is a hero's teacher. Mm-hmm. I couldn't help but like think uh, with this episode, it's very funny how the opening and the ending songs are treating Changer on like it's not a comedy series and just like a normal 90s like Toby series. And it makes this <laughs> gag really funny. <laughs> Yes. Oh my mm-hmm. God. But a like kindergarten bus gets taken over by dark life form go hot. <laughs> Rui are like going to a hot spring. She's like, is it okay not to go without them? And then like Hayabi like appears in the backseat. Like, Aha, you were leaving. What would happen if Darkseid showed up? And then like my thought was, wait, so Darkseid only shows up in the city <laughs> in Japan? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Why would they go anywhere else? Um, but on the children's bus, Gohat says, Good screams. Now a hero should show up. And then that's when Akira does, trips, hurts his mouth, and then like it's passed out. Immediately Gohat's like, Not good enough. You're not good enough. And then he fights Hayami, who is. And then he sees that he's not Changer. He's like, Oh no, you're not Changer Rod. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's when Akira transforms and then like this like fan runs away crying like can't be true you're not him (laughs) you're not really a hero it's a really emotional scene (laughs) (laughs) and then Akira's like all right let's go to hot spring Uh, but like like um what happened is that um this guy is a fan of heroes and specifically Changeron and we see his base where he has like all this merch he has like vhs's of the show itself he has like a big like cast of like changer on mm-hmm. and just marlboros like just so many cigarettes and so much like merch and so many VHSs. <laughs> right like it's it's funny because like when i saw him as like the the evil the evil giant dark side monster mm-hmm. and the way he's talking i and i wrote in my notes oh my god he is He's a fucking changer on otaku. Mm-hmm. Is this making some kind of meta commentary <laughs> on about otaku how otaku nerds? And sure enough, <laughs> sure enough, mm-hmm. never meet your heroes, kids. Sure enough, <laughs> this is just the Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back episode. Mm-hmm. How would we describe his outfit? Oh, when he turns human, guys, what does he look like? Um, he looks like fucking otaku nerd who is like he's got like he's got like those like stereotypical um like uh those coke bottle glasses long like unkempt hair he's wearing what looks like the fucking like south african or jamaican flag as a yeah as a goddamn (laughs) sweater (laughs) he's got those pins everywhere too I don't know which flag it is, but it's definitely a flag. This felt like um, when you're watching like an Indonesian toku and there's a racial stereotype you've never seen before. And you're like, I know this is one, but what is going on? <laughs> but no, um, he does have like 
very like pan-african colors on like and then like mm-hmm. on top of it like is like a some overalls he has like super long like greasy hair yep and maybe the writers were mad at people who were mad at the show for not having a normal hero i guess <laughs> maybe i don't know like this show has been like consi- well maybe back then people would have been like oh it doesn't fit the mold like writing letters but yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah. hilarious uh no and he's just like he just shows up at the detective agency and is like how about teach you how to be a hero and like he's like oh like a hero has to give up his happiness and then like kira's not having it like he's like no like i want to be happy i want to like get babes like what's what, what's the matter of you i'm gonna be a hero mm-hmm. and of course hayomi's just eating this all up like <laughs> i've been he's trying like, to yeah. tell you this <laughs> yeah i've been telling you this for years you idiot right and just I um <laughs> love the whole just like conversation of like you can't be happy you're a hero. It's like heroes are still human. This whole thing and like it's surprisingly good argument from Akira. I mean he's not usually one to be that coherent, but I was like oh yeah he's got a point too. And like this comes before I think like meta or like postmodern takes on like a lot of like heroes in fiction. So like it's almost like this show is almost like two ten years too soon, but. Uh-huh. it's like oh like we don't need just one kind of hero and like it's very much just like this person feels like they like like metal hero and they're like oh it like and like what you need to do is be just like space sheriff and like what have you you know that's right, right, right. that's exactly what i was thinking of through that whole thing um but then um akira says that's hero discrimination and i'll never become <laughs> that sort of hero it's it's the the way they translate it is funny actually because like what he actually says is like basically he's like it's it's like hero racism he's like that's <laughs> hero racism because sabitsu is the word you'd use for racism that honestly sounds like a more of an akira take <laughs> <laughs> that's hero racism is my favorite character from hunter hunter <laughs> oh god but like i love how like hayami and eri are like 100 percent completely behind the idea of this fucking nerd teaching him how to be a hero they're like oh yeah mm. nobody questions this or where this dude came from or why he knows so much about him like nobody even stops to be like this is strange the way that she looks at him this whole episode like the way that eri looks at kira is like oh i'm so glad i stopped fucking you just like <laughs> Uh, the first task, though, is uh, that they go patrolling in, like, in the car and, like, um, this fan's, like, narrating and gets told to stop. And then he says, don't take your eyes off the road. <laughs> <laughs> and they pass this lonely, like, s- small girl. And then he's like, hey, like, w- like, why aren't you stopping? And then Kira says, I don't do that kind of meddling. And then he gets a squirt gun pulled on him. He says, shut up. And like peril music plays. And he just goes, shut up. <laughs> and of course, this like eight-year-old girl's like, oh no, this pedophile is trying to talk to me. I gotta go. <laughs> right. And she turns around and runs. Rightly visibly freaked out by that. And like it's one thing if like a car stops. It's another thing if a car backs up. I think. <laughs> yeah. And then um he gets pushed into traffic and is like, ooh. <laughs> and it's revealed that there was a turtle on the road and he had to protect it. Mm. 
And he's holding the turtle while he yells at this guy for pushing him into traffic the whole time, which made me laugh hilariously. And just, I just, <laughs> this is a perfect hero. This is just the perfect, this is exactly what you need. Just to, why would you want a weird loser that plays trumpet or something? Who do you ever beat? <laughs> uh, but no, uh, so this fan gets so mad though. That he's like punching the car lightly. Then he like, he turns into a like dark side monster, but like, he like super sells like his like face is shaking. He's like lolling about. He's like, oh, <laughs> says, just you watch. I'll surely trade you into proper hero. And then, and then yeah, here you go. I love that after that, they're just like, well, that happened. We still going on the trip. <laughs> <laughs> still going to the hot springs. And on the way there, um, Akira keeps telling like Ruby, hey. I've got the perfect face and brain. She says, you don't have the perfect desires because we're super in debt and we're going on vacation. Then, like, (laughs) he says the line of the show, a hero doesn't have to worry about things so middle class. Yeah. Akira really (laughs) just this set of episodes is a real prick. And Mukata's over there just like, bitch, I mortgaged my house for this. Right. (laughs) This is the guy I'm working my house for. <laughs> for the Crystal Palace. Uh, but the dirt's voice plays on the radio, and that's when Akira gets pushed from the car because he's like mind controlling like Rui. Which was hilarious. And then at the base, like he tells her, Hey, you're not acting right. Like you need to be like meek and like love the hero and like feel bad or whatever. And then like She's kind of like into it. She's like, oh, this is fun. But then like doesn't do it when like Chantron like shows up. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of shows you just how um, unintimidating this dude is because she doesn't uh, she's not afraid of him in the least. Like she's just kind of humoring him the entire time. And like I love like he keeps picking different spots. Like, why aren't you doing like a roll call? And where's like your like attack day with all this stuff? <laughs> Um, and I think a roll call is fun personally, but also like that does not work for every kind of hero. That's more of a team thing. If you're like one dude doing a roll call. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no. Um, and he um, chastises the pair, though, for being like, oh, like Ruby, like, why are you talking to like him like that? Like, you're supposed to be different. You're supposed to love him and like bend your knees or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Right. He's like, oh, you got to act like this and be like, oh, cute. And like, oh, change, man. Please see. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Like they 100 percent under the like the writer's room of the show. 100 percent understand what kind of a fan this is because they put mm-hmm. forth the most like incel version of what the writer's show should be. Right. Yeah. Because like it's also like um just this is like so funny because this take on what a hero should be that like like what change run does with hero is what common writer becomes <laughs> like it becomes like oh let's do these flawed people with these like certain like weaknesses and let's have them like change and like let's have this guy like that's like a super asshole and like keeps talking about mm-hmm. his grandma's quotes and then like mm-hmm. he's like really good at stuff and you know like <laughs> what are you what are you what are you saying what are you what are you saying I'm saying that when uh, my partner was watching The Girls a couple of years ago, and I was like, is that covered a Kabuto? Why is he in this show? <laughs> <laughs> that was weird. Uh, but no. Uh, says, always be nice to ladies. <laughs> uh, I uh, just, 
real deep dark look in the truth for me or for me but when i was like 14 um i definitely had my facebook quote be one of those oh man Natch, yeah yeah i don't know how to like search what it was but it's probably something super cringe like uh all women are like a flower or some shit. i don't know <laughs> I imagine you posting it and just waiting for girls to comment and tell you they're madly in love with you. Oh no, like I wanted them to know how cool I was. <laughs> uh no. Um all things considered, there were a lot worse ways I could have like gotten on like early YouTube and like done some shit, so I'm not too worried. Yeah. I forgot how stupid some of these grandma <laughs> quotes are. Oh, they're bad, yeah. My grandma says, make sure that you're the son and I'm the son. It's just all this stuff. Yeah. A knife can only bring happiness when it's used in cooking. I don't know about that, man. <laughs> Men must be cool. Boiling water is but vapor. Man, these are dumb. Wow. <laughs> now you're saying, like, this show might be, like, immediate watch now. Just to go get back to that. Um, mm. My grandma says, there isn't a weak card in her deck, Kaiba. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, where are we on this show <laughs> um so Rui gets crucified yes <laughs> again yeah must be tuesday <laughs> more crucifixions i love crucifixion oh wait hang on before we before we continue on to Rui getting crucified we forgot one of the the funniest props in this episode which out of his like this okay he's like this giant blue monster yeah like a weird, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, how would you describe him? He kind of looks like a sea creature almost. Like a, yeah, like, he's yeah. like a sea creature of some kind. Tentacles. But he has like tentacle arms, right? Yeah. And then just like, he's, he like chastises Rui and like fucking steals her. And then he, he, out of his, the ass pocket of his, you know, suit, he just has a superhero manual. <laughs> And he throws it at Changer on. He's like, read this, you idiot, and then come find me. And all the designs are like knockoff, like metal heroes from the 90s. <laughs> it's like Beetleborg yes. shit. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like, Hayami loves it. He's like, oh, this is so great. And then like, him and Aerie like leave when like, Kikira won't do it. And they show up to the crucifixion. Didn't bring popcorn, but they call in Gale Knight. And they're like, yeah, like, he'll fight you. And then the fans like, no, your master's supposed to command you, not them. Like, you can't substitute. And the Gale Knight's just like, oh, you're right. And leaves. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the looks on their faces watching him walk away, too, were just classic. I, I loved it. This show should have gotten, like, um, how Den O got those, like, shorts with, like, the, like, characters. And, like, oh, it's like the Gale Knight episode. That's yeah. what should have gotten. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then I think... David might want to talk about how Akira shows up. Oh my god. Okay. So I could not believe what the fuck I was watching. So you you like hear like a fucking trumpet trumpet in the background. And then Akira shows up dressed in a full cowboy suit with a goddamn trumpet playing the fucking theme song. It's orange leather. It's wild leather it like i people have emailed in and be like i don't know when you're joking or not this is 100 fucking serious cowboy hat and everything with a trumpet 
playing the goddamn theme song. <laughs> it was amazing. It's like, what the fuck is happening? I couldn't believe this was real. <laughs> I started to disassociate because I was like, this is not like someone didn't make this. This is a this is a practical joke. You know, like James has fucking like filmed this himself every weekend <laughs> and sent it to me. <laughs> yeah. That would be wild, yeah. I I could see you doing it though. There's definitely a moment later that feels like it couldn't have been on TV, but we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um then Akira's just like he he does like the most common writer ass like transformation scene where he's like calling out his moves. He's like, I am the the crystalline light warrior and I'm gonna defend justice. <laughs> Except he says it way more like goofy ass because he's Akira, but and <laughs> the thing that like I love here is that, like he starts to, like call his moves like change your on jump, change your on bomb punch. Yep. Drill shoot, flying tackle. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone else is just like playing the bar too. Like he rescues like Rui and she's like, eh. Just <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, you came and saved me. I'm like, what is going on? This becomes like a make a wish for this monster where like he's like, oh, like here's my weak spot. Stab me here. Stab me here. <laughs> yeah, they're fighting. Like, no, what are you doing? He's like, my weak spot is clearly here, you idiot. It's I, right here. It was hilarious. This <laughs> he says stuff like, um, go hot may die, but dark side is immortal. And it's like, thank you, Chadron. This is like a dream being struck down by a heroic hero. <laughs> Makes me a very happy dark life form. <laughs> he literally, he literally like fucking commits suicide via Changeron. Yeah, much, like, yeah. thank you for killing me. Which we guessed would happen episodes ago. Like, will there be a monster that's suicidal and does it by Changeron? And he kind of does. <laughs> we, we, I mean, that would qualify to me. Yeah, look at us predicting the future. Um, like that would be like if like. You gave like a McDonald's cashier a, a like gun and then like dressed up like the hamburger and showed up. Like <laughs> what happened there? <laughs> Just uh... here, Ronald McDonald takes this. You're gonna need it. <laughs> Just call every cashier Ronald. Like, in... <laughs> Just in case the like spirit takes him. There you go. Um, but so like they're still in character though after this guy dies. So like they're walking in the sunset and like. Ruby's like, oh, thank you for saving me. And then he's like, Dark Side still lives. Those whose fate is to die will leave that fact as a small party gift. <laughs> what is youth? <laughs> youth was never give up. <laughs> he's talking to Hayami, right? He's like, mm -hmm. what is youth? And Hayami's eyes are just getting wider and wider the more of this bullshit he, he just keeps taking in. What is love? It means having no regrets. <laughs> just doing like a fucking Jordan Peterson goddamn like, <laughs> seminar. What is what is love? <laughs> it's not easy being green. <laughs> it's not easy. Love is when you when you fight giant monsters. <laughs> I would love if there was like one of those, but he was just really into like old like kaiju. He's like. Love is when you're the like ally of children. <laughs> you spin really good in the air. Love is when you can fly through space. 
to help children on another planet? <laughs> when you love children more than yourself? Wait, no. Hang on. No, that, that's wrong. <laughs> they think he's doing too much, though, as they see his manual. And then he plays the trumpet into the sun. <laughs> right against the sunset. It looked exactly like every great toku scene ever it was so good i fucking screen capped it because i couldn't believe what i was watching it really was it was it was incredible like really there's nothing that's just a top tier moment there's very little that that has to be the thumbnail for this episode <laughs> oh of course yeah uh -huh. it must <laughs> there's some that are very hard not to just do there was um for the macro episode i was like tried like seven different ones and i was like i just picked the one that showed up on like the first result on like google i was like man it's just the best one mm. <laughs> can't stop it um now however i do have some um <laughs> context to everybody because i saw him at the end of the episode and i was like he's not even just lambasting some heroes he's lambasting a specific a specific hero yes i know exactly who you're talking about and let's um um get to zero everyone this is um Kaiketsu Zubat. Okay. So, so three, two, one, go. Does he play the trumpet? He has a plane. Is he a fucking mariachi man? That's what it looks like. <laughs> he is... Not a dead man for Comrade Revice. <laughs> this is incredible. <laughs> Hell yeah. So he's like just like literally like a Japanese fucking cowboy detective man. <laughs> I love these lyrics. <laughs> oh. Now that's that, <laughs> that is a suit. Yeah. Does he have a hovercraft car? What the fuck is this? <laughs> I love the I love the just like him driving down like a Tokyo fucking highway with a yeah. giant with a car with a giant fucking propeller on the back. Oh, it flies too. All right. <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is incredible. That's metal. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love 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 that. So I'll include um that video off for people listening but like basically I, you know what it's weird though because like i swear to god like akira's outfit is specifically another like toku character but i can't place what it is are you thinking space sheriff gavin maybe i feel like there's <laughs> that's a bunch. what it reminded me of yeah no 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 it's it's definitely like a like Something else. If I can find it all, I'll tell you. But like, what year do you think it is? Like two thousands? It's old, old. Okay, um, but I don't remember to be honest. 
I, I couldn't tell you where it's or when it's from. So, Kaiketsu oh, Zubat. Yes. I, I might have found it. Uh, it is from. Uh, that's what it is. Yes. It's from Ninja Sentai Kakuranger. Okay. That's a nice. That's a good show. Yeah. I haven't watched much of it, but as like it's like theme song is a banger because it's just like hanging out gonna kiss this girl and then ninja sentai showed up it's got a great opening <laughs> yeah yes um, this this is what it reminded me of the american ninja guy character from that show okay have no. you never seen him um i've only seen the first couple episodes but i think he just shows up in like episode four or five of that show yeah 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 so like hang on let's see if i can find it this dude the black ranger i think maybe i don't know but he shows up and he looks like this and i know that this show predates oh wow the the, the yeah change on so that's where i'm getting it from that's who he looks like i'm like oh yeah it's the fucking ninja guy uh the recent of of the um the most recent ninja show had just a dude who showed up and he was a ninja uh for sentai or um was a cowboy like right here uh his name was Star Ninja. Star Ninja? That's a hell of a name. Oh, I can see why. And he transformed with a hamburger? Oh. Hell yeah. But no, um, so yeah, um, important though is that, um, Kaiketsu Zubat is one of the, like, seven Ishimori Toku shows that's not Kamen Rider or whatever, so, like, a couple years ago, they had, like, some movie where, like, they all showed up, and it was, like, him, and it was, like, the Kakaiders. It was, like, a couple other people, but, like, um, so <laughs> he's actually um on the secret list of shows of, like, um if we need a palate cleanser, because um, what that show didn't show us was what the plot of his show is about, which is different than most toku shows. <laughs> mm. He's going around Japan because there's a secret guild of, like, assassins that are each like specialized in different things mm-hmm. and like he beats them at what they're doing or like he faces them so it starts like oh like i'm the best shooter and he like shoots out this guy and then it like it turns into like i'm the demon billiards player and all this stuff and incredible <laughs> yeah so like every different episode is like can he play billiards in hell this kind of stuff <laughs> but yeah uh that's the first episode of our uh sh- show though change around so we should probably keep going. Episode 31 of Changeron. Sheep and pie and money and... This just ends on and. There's yeah, no other word. I want to know what, what, the, what was the original title because that just seems a weird... Like, it's 31, right? Yeah. 31, yeah. Uh, I can just, like, post the full episode. There you go. I can, I can see. Hang on. Sheep and pie and money and... Oh, it literally is like that. <laughs> Yagi to pai to okane to. Yeah, that's weird. Okay, that's weird. All right. And the basis for that is that um uh the main cast can't sleep is like Hayami's counting sheep and Aries counting apple pies and Akira's counting yen, but they can't sleep because there's this strange noise in their head when they're trying to sleep. Um except for Rui. And this never comes up as a plot point. She just like is like, oh, it's fine. Like I like the noise. <laughs> Yeah, it was weird that that never got addressed. So my question was, I get that, like, he's so bad with money that Akira would sleep in his office. But where does Rui sleep? Because she's, like, not getting paid much. Is she, like, sleeping in the back room? Does she have her own place? Yeah, but Rui's rich. 
she's like not in contact with her family though i thought i think she still has money though no way sure yeah i don't think they ever really or at least not in this setup says ever talk about it that's a weird thing to be broken of my like immersion of when they're always like in like designer 90s brands like how many like andre hoodies have they had or whatever that brand right. is you know yeah 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 mm-hmm. um but no um things take a turn for the awesome though cuz a weird james bond theme starts playing I was like, where do i know that from and then it's the blues brothers it's the blues brothers they're back <laughs> the italian blues brothers are back uh, and they want to kidnap a high school harris they keep having low Waste jobs where they have like weird masks and bald caps and stuff, I guess. But they drank some drinks, they have code words like crested ebus and open the door and all this stuff. And so basically, like, um, their main thing was that, um, the older brother dreams of becoming a high class criminal and the younger brother's his younger brother. So they just like do stuff. But then, so this is one of the most like disjointed episodes of Changer on because so much stuff happens. Oh, yeah, unrelated. <laughs> Um, I don't know what it's called, but a like traditional like wicker basket headed flutist is playing, and an then, enemy from Garo shows up. Yes, <laughs> like the guy who broke Samurai Jack's sword shows up, mm-hmm. and uh, a homeless man comes out of his boxes and says, "It's a palace to me, but you're comp- you suck." And then <laughs> he gets killed. He gets vaped. Which, I mean, you just go around insulting someone's music. You got to expect consequences. So here's your, here's your quick learned thing for the day. Uh, they're called Komuso. And they're a group of uh, Japanese monks. That, uh, basically, they, like, they would do like Zen Buddhism, I believe. And they're from like the Edo period. Okay. And uh, the reason that they they travel with the the fucking um, basket on their head is because it's it's like a part of um, Buddhism that says you shouldn't have like an ego. So by not showing your face, like there's no there's no judgment placed on you whether you're attractive or not. Oh, interesting. Okay. Right. So it's useful. You know. Also, it's useful for traveling a little bit incognito if you're doing things that are slightly shady and it's really useful because it lets me know to push in r3 when i see you yes correct (laughs) (laughs) but uh the reason that they're not around anymore which is really weird to see them like in this show but they're they got banned in the in the fucking meiji period hmm that's interesting Hmm. the more you know yeah but no um when he transforms though he has one of the more interesting monster form because he's like blue bouncy balls he's like red <laughs> eyes of white stripes he's like a weird mm-hmm. bubble man and like when he kills this homeless man the remaining cadre are like Jabu is searching for someone in human society let's do his feud and they're like yeah I was sick of that shit yeah. <laughs> like, I'm tired of his <laughs> fucking flute too and then at the detective agency a girl has been abducted Miku she needs to be found before her afternoon surgery it has to be this afternoon or she'll never walk again um and they're also sleepy that uh, Kira takes the case and asks what the case is. <laughs> Anime disease claims another victim. Mm-hmm. And speaking of anime, a mother appears and dies immediately. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Why uh, not? Uh, 
through the pain, everyone. Um, so <laughs> she tries to stop this guy because her baby's sleeping. He's like, oh, that's so vulgar. And then he's just playing. And so <laughs> the whole time here, I was thinking, oh, did those guys kidnap this little girl? And like, oh, they got her and they're going to ransom her. Mm-hmm. She just somehow in her wheelchair, like stealthed out of there, like mm. and got out of her house and escaped the police and her mom or whatever is in the park. And this girl hears this uh, flute and says, oh, thank you. Clap, clap, clap. It's so beautiful. And then like he says something like, oh, like most people don't like it. She's like, oh, like the like tone's so beautiful. I love music or something. She just has like a really good like uh, review for him. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I was sitting there thinking it's going to be real sad when he kills this little crippled girl. I know. I was like, I kept thinking, how are they going to resolve this in a way that doesn't get the show shut down immediately? I mean, they then do something that should get the show shut down that is also bad. But um, oh, that yeah, that comes after the Blues Brothers are stalking this high school girl. And um, then Akira is looking at the picture of this child is like, if only you were 10 years older. And then the child's face transforms into an older girl and winks at him like a high schooler. Yeah. Yeah. Which was still fucking creepy. I mean, that whole thing was creepy. And the girl is the one the Blues Brothers are stalking. So he hears her yelling, goes out to get her. And then um, Takata and like Fug plays like the like do 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 like vampire, like super like Halloween music plays. And they're like, oh, no, that's Akira. He like hurt us last time. He beats the shit out of them. <laughs> he just one punches both of them. Oh, man. I just love the Blues Brothers whenever they're around. And just... <laughs> He t- he tells he calls this girl like Mikuche. She's like, no, that's not my name. And then he just like takes her. He's like, yeah, I get your Miku. <laughs> he's he's like Miku. I found you. She's like, my name's Mayumi. And he's like, oh, I get you, Miku. Like I I understand. You're going incognito. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> and I did not. I did not think the next thing would happen, which is we see that um like the like. Blues Broser at this old lady's house and she's clipping some hedges. <laughs> and, and they grab her. And they're like, oh, we have these really great sumo tickets. Like, don't you love Japanese culture? Like, you'll see Mr. Tomohana, which is like a famous, like 90s wrestler, I guess. And um, and then his picture fades to the wheelchair and he sees the old lady. And then he beats them up and says, Oh, we'll get you, you ponytail fiend. And then he also calls her Miku, but she can't hear. <laughs> oh, brilliant. But I think the next one has to be the best one out of all of them. You want to talk about this one, Steph? The dog? Sure, I'll, sure, I'll jump on this one. At this point, we see Ari walking down the street and also extremely exhausted, just like everybody else is. And um, then we pan to the <laughs> Blues Brothers, who are now staring at a dog in a doghouse. So, oh, sorry. They have a little discussion about how um, they're now reduced to having to kidnap dogs. As the younger brother eats a dog treat and arfs. It took me a second to realize those were dog treats, too, because I, I thought they were. But then he started eating one. So I was like, maybe he's just carrying a snack around. And then it like zoomed in on the box. And I was like, oh, OK. <laughs> So they're trying to now kidnap this dog, and Ari, of course, hears the dog barking, looks over, sees them, and she has that same eye effect 
that the other two had just had. <laughs> so for whatever reason, she sees this little girl's face on this barking dog. <laughs> and then, of course, they see her walking up and they're like, it's three for three. You've got to be fucking kidding me. You're that selfish princess. And just I love how like she like at first like sees like, oh, let the dog stop. And then she hears like the dog's owner call it Miku. And then just is like she sees like this weird cg this like graphic of the girl's face on the dog then the girl's face turns into the dog it, it was oh. very bizarre but very funny and blues brothers bark and go awoo as the ad break shows before it gets to them <laughs> mm-hmm. this show's fucking weird like what happens though is that we get the wildest return from an ad where the flute guy comes back from the ad break and is like so your legs won't work <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, I thought we'd kind of just like gone to black screen on that whole girl in a wheelchair following the evil guy around. But no, they're they're like having a discussion and he's not being the most tactful, but it was pretty funny. There's a part earlier in the episode where he's like, humans don't like my flute playing. I'm going to kill them all. And I'm like, oh, man, like he just wants to do like straight up genocide because people don't like his flute playing. It's even admitted by the other people from Dark Side that they, they think he's annoying. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't even I didn't even think of that, but yeah, you're right. That must mean that like even on the dark realm, everybody can't stand it. Just like, like, oh, so, so glad this idiot went to the human realm. We don't have to listen to him anymore. <laughs> I've been begging him for years to pick up a new instrument, but he just fucking refused. I mean, this is the entire reason why we opened the gates. Just get rid of him. <laughs> we shut it when he left. And they're just like, I just love the implication that like, oh no, like. People were always like what Darkseid is basically trying to do is like make the dark dimension like great again kind of thing where it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, remember back when people weren't weird and never desires. You had a weird like dater like she dates all the guys and like keeps talking to them and you have this weird flute guy. I bet that chopstick guy wasn't like normal before this. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. We've had some, like, really out there ones, too. I, I have appreciated this series so much for its diversity in villains. Like, at least, like, five or six times, they've hardly been villains. Like, they just died at the end of the episode. Yeah, that's true, mm-hmm. too. Some of them, like, just innocuous enough that you're like, eh. And even with this one, we'll get into it. But, you know, I kind of get it. You know, he didn't turn out to be all bad all around. Yeah, because uh, he, um asked this um like girl though like why are you scared like if this could help and she's like oh like what if it doesn't help which is like a very normal thing and then mm-hmm. um <laughs> that's when we see that Rui hears the, the like flute is like he's playing it and then we see in the d- detective agency the mom <laughs> of Miku is seeing this <clears throat> old woman this girl and this dog and they're all like I'm not Miku she's like, like they're not Miku and they're like oh really so piggy <laughs> All of them genuinely surprised by it, even with the dog barking the entire time. And like, Akira's like so surprised, like his assistant found the right person. Well, she's slept a little bit, I guess. She's like done actual work all day while you're all out here. She's the only one that could sleep through all that. So, yeah, of course she did. And uh, now the true Miku says, can you play before my operation? Make me 100 times like bravery. He's like. Uh, no, I won't. That's not what I do. I don't play for people. And then the Blues Brothers show up like, stop playing. My wounds hurt. 
These guys they, never like, learn. They like come at him with like the most fucking Kansai Ben like angry generic like goon Japanese ever. And he just like <laughs> bops them on the fucking head and sucks their souls out. So I wonder, are the Blues Brothers dead? I guess like technically they would be. Well, they come back twice later. Oh, yeah. they do. Right. Okay. They get their alarm back and they don't die. Man, there's a great recurring gag coming up, but I do love that we just see these guys more and more now. They're just part of the show now that it's ending or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, But then it's time to end the episode because Akira shows up and he's ready to fight so he can sleep, but he can't fight properly. He's too sleepy. So he calls Quake Knight and gets shocked awake. <laughs> whatever works, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's his caffeine. Whatever. Every single morning I call my motorcycle to come shock me awake. <laughs> at first i didn't understand what he was doing because i'm like is he gonna like drive while he's tight like like what is he doing yeah yeah um he gets so hype when he's like awoke though because he's just like western larry just like stan hansen just like 90s like wrestling <laughs> on his shit yeah when he's like he's like western larry and i'm like is he still doing like attack call outs like is that a thing He's always done that for wrestling moves, which is fun. <laughs> I didn't even catch that. That's Fair. I, I'll watch out for that in our next set. He did like a giant swing one time, and he was like, giant swing. <laughs> didn't he specifically be like, I've always wanted to do that? Yeah, he did. Oh, goodness. But from his bike, he does a questionable looking shining attack and shoots a <laughs> hole through this guy. Mm-hmm. But he's dying and he reaches and he gets his flute and we cut to a like scared Miku being like, oh, I'm scared. And then he plays the flute. She hears that he explodes as she starts getting worked on. It's like it's strangely sweet. Yeah, it's like super emotional for a show about a goofy fucking blue ball monster. Seriously, like I had a minute where I was like, this show is not going to make me emotional right now. And it did. (laughs) I didn't have a choice in the matter that's why i say it's not a parody it's a comedy like like it like super cares about like doing like a toku show and like taking this all super serious like what if the blues brothers met this old monk and there's this lady in a wheelchair and everyone was so sleepy that they like thought dogs were like little girls (laughs) and what if you wanted to cry a little bit imagine trying to pitch that show in like western media they just have to be like you know what even for hollywood you're too much get the fuck out of here oh my god um, I was just thinking about um, Dragon Ball Evolution, and oh, I can't imagine what Changeron the live action like, like oh, like it's like Changeron, his friends Method and Red, and they're in a house. Like, like what's gonna happen? I don't know. Just I don't know what it would be. <laughs> you mean like the Americanized movie version of Changeron? Yeah. Like, what if in two thousand six they're like, oh, this is a cool series. Let's make a movie. Jeez. Yeah. I can't think of a way that they could make it as possibly as funny as it is now. Oh, God, no, no. Scott Bakula is Munkata. <laughs> the only natural choice for it. <laughs> this episode ends, though, with uh, the bros in crutches along the beach, just bandaged like the Invisible Man. <laughs> like, now we're back to low-wage jobs. No, we're going to steal a cat. <laughs> fantastic and just yeah that is exactly uh 
what Change Rod is, I think, is just being really serious about some dumb stuff and hoping you care. And if these like characters are back, I could see us like having like a beat where like they finally murder steal something, not murder someone, and we're like really excited for them. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I could see it. But no, um switching over though, uh to your episode, Steph, The Second Soldier Alive. The Second Soldier Arrives, episode 32 of Changer Up. Mm-hmm. This one, uh, man, uh, I'll talk about it when we get to that part. So we open up <laughs> with Akira in his office daydreaming about all the times he's finished off a dark side and getting really into himself. Like, you can tell. He's getting pumped up. And uh, I think this is probably the episode where his ego is at its absolute worst. Yeah, it's getting bad here. <laughs> yeah, because he like snaps at Rui not to bother him when she asks about her pay or something like that. Um, yeah. So then we was there anything else that happened? I don't think so because we cut down to the dark side, right? From there. Yeah, like there's lots of like lines like, "I've killed more monsters than there's convenience stores in Japan," and like, "Oh I'm yeah, yeah, like, yeah." And yeah. that was one of my favorite lines. I don't know. I can't believe I forgot that. But yeah, he's just he's really psyched about himself it's, it's weird like i don't like where does this ego suddenly come from in this episode i mean i guess it's like you know so they can knock him down later but yeah yeah because he's always been kind of a little bit into himself in like a clueless way but this was like he was actually kind of malicious a couple times right, during yeah. this episode so i think it's been a minute since he's had a real challenge maybe but also like maybe they're trying to like make sure you know the themes of this show like the dark dimension, the light, like what makes you happy, what you want versus what you need, that kind of stuff, you know? But yeah, it's a little weird. But yeah, so uh, then we go to, it's Xander, right? Yeah, Is Xander. His name? Yeah, he's sitting down there just looking lonely and kind of, uh, you can tell he's got some shit on his mind. It's chilling on a pile of skulls <laughs> in the negative zone. The dark dimension is unlivable. <laughs> they make sure you see him looking at his like absolute cool best. Like they do the profile shot and like show his boots and how just, you know, stoic he looks. There's only this pile of skulls in a fog machine in the corner. <laughs> um, and then all of a sudden we get this uh, sudden appearance of the chief. And uh, yeah, completely unexpected there. He's just hiding, and then he shows up. He's just like, like got this like seed. <laughs> but he, but he's, but he's, he's in the fucking like dark dimension, wearing like a fucking safari man outfit. I know. I was so thrown off. I like, I had to rewind that one because I was like, was that the chief? What is he wearing? And like, yeah, had to take that one all over again. And like, I love how like what they explain later is like, oh. I'm really into Mayan civilization. I found a door to the dark dimension. Then I came back this time. <laughs> I was like, wait, isn't that just a plot to Jojo? <laughs> That's 100% the plot to Jojo. And I was thinking, where did he get money to go on any kind of expedition? Like, all he ever talks about is how broke the company is. The first time, I think it was like way before... And like that's where like he started changing around. The second time was like he made it work. He's like, ah, I'm finally ahead of my mortgage payments. I'm gonna go to Mexico to study the Mayan civilization, which apparently has a door to the dark dimension. Okay, you know, he made it sound like he found the door years ago, 
This is his first time going through, though, to try and get, like, intel or something, which is fun. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, he drops his seed, and Xandar is very <laughs> excited by this. He's always yeah. dropping his seed. Yeah, oh, that's what I hear. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so... He gets the seeds... So there's a big seed and there's little seeds. He gets uh-huh. the little seeds mm-hmm. and like Xandar gets the big seed. And um, then he gets thrown back to Earth that he's like flying through the air. And he like <laughs> lands in the middle of like a big crust. Yeah, a big cross. And it, the funny part to me was how many people just like saw him fall out of the sky and then just walked around him. I'm like <laughs> almost like positive that that's Shibuya crossing. I'd have to I think take so. a look at it again, but and he's in the hospital now, and the rest of Psyduck is there, like except for Akira, yeah. So Aries being like normal sad, and then <laughs> Hayami's like, "Oh, you had to eat these seeds. I would he's, eat these seeds too." Uh, he's to such an pain. overly emotional guy in every situation, and yeah, he's like, "I want to feel the pain of my uh my boss a hundred, no, a thousand times." I was like, calm down, guy. He's he's clearly alive. He's laying right there. Just relax. And that's when Akira shows up, too, to be like, hey, what's up? <laughs> and of course, Hayomi jumps his shit for not getting there sooner. And they start to argue when the chief starts to finally wake up and start to explain some of this shit. And he's so excited. He's like, oh, these seeds of darkness, they're the origin of dark side. Like with them, we could finally learn their weaknesses. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Hayomi gets that extremely shocked looks on his face and what does he do in every situation drops to his knees because he knows that's how he's gonna get people to like him again and um starts saying that he ate all the seeds and everybody's like wait what while akira is just snickering in the corner he thinks that's the funniest thing he's ever heard and whenever akira and the chief can like be on the same page about something it's great because like it's either because they're horny or because like the dumbest thing just happened (laughs) yep yeah yeah pretty much well the chief explains that this or no the chief doesn't explain that that's when we go back to the dark side and they're talking about how this uh seed that he's left with them can bring about um the change in the human world that they've been looking for Mm -hmm. in the hospital room though um I think Ari asks what'll happen and the chief says he'll turn into a dark or into a like dark organism or die of an incurable disease. (laughs) And he starts freaking out like immediately begging Akira to kill him. That is when Akira takes him to the window and says, do it yourself. Yeah. Jump out the window. That'll kill you. (laughs) Yeah. Come and die. He's like, God, just go kill yourself. Jump out the window. Dude, it's fine. I'll help. (laughs) But then you see Hayomi get freaked out by this and like run screaming back to the couch that he doesn't want to die. With pustules on his face. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, this this was the part that stressed me out. Because you get a close-up shot of this pustule bursting and a flower slowly growing out of it. And it was a bit much for me. I I can handle a lot, but for some reason that just freaked me out on a visceral level. And they show about me to pull them out of his face is like kind of hardcore. <sighs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that whole thing was a lot. I was like, why did I pick this episode? <laughs> uh. 
you should have known, but you couldn't have known. You know? you're, you're right. Like this show has literally proven to me over and over again that it will surprise me just when I think I've got the hang of it. <laughs> so, yeah, they end up getting into a, a big fight because Akira's all in his ego again. And of course, that is the complete opposite of everything that Hayomi wants from him to be. So Akira goes to an arcade date. <laughs> right. Yeah, and then um, they go to track him down, and so he gets into an argument with uh, Ari right. and Hiyami. Ari and Hiyami, yeah. Yeah, and then Rui comes in a couple minutes later and tries to get him to go on a case, and he just ends up freaking out on all of them, that he he can do it himself, he doesn't need them, da 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 And, like, there's this moment where, like, Hayami takes his pen and says, we're done. He's like, damn, like Akira super did go like hard off. I was like, what's going on, dude? Like mm -hmm. what made you like so big in your ego today? Like this is in character, but it's kind of like also a little random. Yeah. And I think that that scene was doubly impactful because you almost never see Hayomi like get angry. And when it like closes up on his face, like getting into Akira's face and telling him that they're done, that was like you could see just how utterly over the entire situation he was. And that's just so rare for his character. It's so funny to me, though, because like on some level, though, like who hasn't met or been the person who's like, man, I'm a I'm pretty young. I'm pretty cool. I have a lot of debt. Better be angry at all my friends today. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's just kind of... Uh... Par for the course, right? Mm-hmm. Though, worth noting that after the scene, um, the three, um, Hayami, Eri, and like, Ruby eat lunch, and we see Hayami enjoying a nice pickled plum at lunch. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah, but then he's yelling at his pickled plum because he's so frustrated with Akira in that moment. And then we see the uh, three girls disappear from the back of uh, Hayomi and Rui eating. And we finally get to see our dark side. He's a, he's a strange design. He's like a little like coil. Yeah, yeah he's like a weird tube monster. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and he poops which <laughs> yep mm -hmm. i you know like i said the show just keeps surprising me because like how fights for a minute like it's kicked into akira and akira is like oh what's up and then like seizes the monster and like helps but then like out of his head he poops and it's mm -hmm. like a medicine ball like a old like gym dodgeball and it like chases them around. I, I could not stop laughing during that scene because they're like screaming, trying to get away from it. Poop shouldn't bounce. And this is like chasing them all over. Sandar shows up and is like, today will be a day of celebration of the death of Changeron and the changing of the human <laughs> world into the dark dimension. It's a lot harder to take him seriously when there's a literal thing of poop hopping around the screen. And like one man's shit is another man's <clears throat> home dimension. <laughs> Uh, yeah, as they say. Because uh, what happens with this um, like crap stuff? They find out that it's the uh, the alarm. It's like the most slapstick shit ever. They're like, uh, oh, yeah. it's poo, and they're running away from the bouncing poo, and then fucking Akira like grabs it in his arms. He's like, I'm holding crap. I'm like, what? What the fuck do I do? He's like, here, here's <laughs> and Sandar, he's just telling him, keep holding it, keep holding it. 
It's our friends. They sought us out. <laughs> and he's like, that's easy for you to say. You're running to get away from it. And he screams, I will avenge you and throws it at Xander. He's like, great, I needed this. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Man, what is shit. it? He says like icky or something when he throws icky. it. Yeah, something like that. He's like, Yeah, yeah or gross or I don't know. It was something that made me go, dude, come on. <laughs> and oh, um, is that when uh we go to the change around versus the monster, right? Yeah, yes. I believe so. Yeah, because that's when we're about to see our uh our second arrival. And um this fight location, like this like stairs by some fountain stuff, I don't know where it is. It's probably shown up in a couple Toku scenes, but very specifically the way it was shot is a very um big fight scene from Kamen Rider Blade. It's um if people know like it's like one of the more famous runs from that show versus uh the like King. Like it like was like a very much like, oh, it's like a I like this scene. Oh, cool. <laughs> I remember this. <laughs> Lightning but, strikes though. Yeah, and we see the arrival of our Green Ranger. And this design what are our thoughts on this, guys? I called him the Green Ranger for a reason. Yeah, I called him Green Ranger as well. <laughs> it very much looks like a Power Rangers costume. He looks like a Yu-Gi-Oh card. Oh, <laughs> dude, yes. I love it. He also looks like a grappler, like Baki character, like kind of looks like the way he's muscled and it's all like super like meant to show you strength this weird, inhuman way. Mm-hmm. It was really good, though, yeah. His hair is, like, pelt, so it's like when you go to, like, a, like, zoo, and they're like, oh, like, here's some old mammoth pelt, and that's his hair, but white. <laughs> yeah, when it showed it from the side, I it, I was like, that's an interesting design choice, but... Yeah. <laughs> um, But no. Yeah, and he comes in and immediately just, like, dominates. Totally saves yep. Akira's bacon there. He's naming his attacks. He has a nice kick as Kamen Riders. And yeah. And then <laughs> something that I love. Um, I don't know that I love it yet, but it happens here is that the door to the dark dimension gets opened. So then Akira is like, oh, super light fusion, super light buster. I know. Just out of nowhere. He's like overpowered. What? <laughs> it's fucking goofy, but I can dig it. Yeah. It was a cool scene. Yeah. And the whole sky is polluting the world with dark dimension. But he destroys it and then eats a crepe and says he's great. And then they're like, no, you aren't. <laughs> yeah, he, he tries to be apologetic, but the, it only lasts for like a minute. And then he goes right back to just being Akira. It's kind of weird to me. Like they're introducing this hero so late, like, especially like directly mm -hmm. after the episode about making the perfect hero. Too. Yeah. What about episode 33, though, David? <laughs> Okay, um, episode 33. Okay, so episode 33 starts immediately in the detective agency where Hayami is now come to Akira. He's like, I need you for a case. Normally, I don't do this, but I need to know who the Green Ranger is because he's cool as shit. <laughs> Worth noting, this is episode 33, not a mackerel 2? Not a mackerel 2, yes. Yes. How I knew it was going to be a good one as soon as I saw that episode. <laughs> so, um, they're they're just chilling in the uh, in the detective agency, and then the the news comes on. I'm like, what the hell is this? And it's like a news 
cast for the Green Ranger character, and he's just like going around, like doing stuff, and he's called himself or called he's been called Zabreda. <laughs> and the whole time, I was just thinking of like, oh, like he just <laughs> loves to cut his forehead open for some like color, just like yep, wrestling style. <laughs> When, like, Rui, like, shows them the, like, news, she's just, like, super hyped out in, like, a massive hoodie. Just like, yeah, guys, look at the news. And then <laughs> when they show the people he's saving, like, it's this weird, like, Twilight Zone music, but, like, a little more heroic. But it's, like, the same tune. Right. Yeah. So uh, he he straight up just mercs Jennifer. I can't believe it. What a guy. Oh, shit. <laughs> just fucking kills her. That poor cockroach. And he's, like. He's, like, doing stuff. He's, like, uh, you know, helping people fucking, like, I don't know, do, like, generic shit. Just, like, everyday tasks, right? Yeah. I think, like, Hayami mentions, like, specifically, he's, like, oh, according to this news report, the blader has been seen cleaning out gutters at 5.30 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, the first one's, like, normal because it's, like, oh, like, he saves a person, like, about to go, like, hit by a car and it's like yeah. the cockroach one then it's like the helps an old lady with a cold put up her laundry put up her laundry yeah <laughs> like it's it's like household chores essentially things things that like hayami as a character is like mm, that's a good man he's he's doing the the menial tasks that help everyone out right right yeah there's just like point later like where he like says something like oh like he's a hero for the people and like it's like I guess, like, just doing, like, procedurally, like, generated, like, quests is mm-hmm. what that is. Basically, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> Akira starts to get really pissed, right? Because he's like, this this green dude has been around for, for like, a day, and he already has a fan club? Like, he's like, <laughs> I'm annoyed. Like, this is, like, this sucks. He's like, I've been doing this change around thing for, like, a year, and this guy's, like, here at, like, a day, and he has a fan club? Like, what the hell? Yeah, and they have to remind him that he doesn't, like, go out of his way to help people. He fights dark sides, and that's, like, his heroic thing. So he's not going to get the same recognition. Which is the smartest way that Hayami has ever tried to, like, manage Akira to be like, oh, well, like, you're fighting dark side mostly. Yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. For the people. Right. He's He's not doing anything important. He's just, you know, he's cleaning up. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> um eventually, you know, uh the blader is like going around and helping people and he sees like a kid and he's like, ah, I'd like you think like, oh, he's gonna he's doing something sinister, you know, to mm-hmm. to get this kid, right? And he like accidentally knocks over all of these yeah, yeah, yeah. He accidentally knocks over all of these <laughs> um fucking what's it called? Um like pallets, pallets, sticks, mock, yeah. like pipes. I don't Something know. He like, like that. knocks them onto this kid. Wood slats. And then, yeah, wood slats. And then he he gets like trapped underneath, and he like detransforms, and the kid sees like a rubber boot, and it runs away, and he's like, "It's the blader! It's the blader!" And then he starts chasing him, and then like everyone in town, as this kid's running down the street, going, <laughs> "It's the blader! It's the blader! Look, he's over there! He's running away!" Barbers. Every- yeah, like everyone yeah. in the shops just like immediately leaves their shop to chase this kid yelling it's the blader it's the blader follow <laughs> and then it it gets to the point where they they like i guess track him to a sushi no not a sushi place a uh, fishmonger basically like a guy who sells fish 
and they're like, the blader is like this 60 year old man who sells fish <laughs> out of a storefront. And they're like, and he's it like, isn't frankly terrible shave. Yes. Like, to think that he would be doing all those athletic things. And he's just like, yes, it was me, the blader, the entire time. <laughs> and of course, because Hayami's a, a, a weirdo. He's like, please make me your apprentice. Please, please make me your apprentice. And the guy's just like, I don't need an apprentice. <laughs> and he's just like, oh my God, you're so cool. Of course you wouldn't need an apprentice. What a dignified gentleman. What a dig- yeah, that's what he says. What a dignified <laughs> gentleman. He has the most like old Japanese like shopkeeper name too. It's like Tanaka Genzo or something. Yeah, it's something like that. And he goes on, he goes on the news too. <laughs> yes about oh god so yes when he goes on the fucking news right Love they're like oh so can you tell me anything about the blader and he's just like no Mm-mm. but i can tell you about fish and he's just like <laughs> the, lady, the lady's like the announcer lady is there do you have any special moves do you have any special moves she asks him and he just pulls out a fucking knife and she's like oh <laughs> okay <laughs> And then he does like a whole fucking like sushi man transformation sequence where he like, pull, I don't know where he pulls that mackerel from, but he just fucking has it. I didn't even. Sometimes it's better not questions. to ask questions. I, I didn't even think about that till now, but he just has it, right? And he like, he has a cutting board. He throws it on the cutting board. He like debones and like slices this fish. And he's like, there, that's my power. And they're like, they're like oh, sasuga, sasuga, oh, tsuburashi. Now, outside of, um, food wars this is the only time anyone's ever gotten horny for like a fishy boating so right that's true that's true and um hayami like becomes his apprentice or works for him as he's getting like awards and shit <laughs> right yes yes seeing him in that fish shop was a hell of an experience but xandar makes eye contact with him when he's getting an award and they go and talk and then that's when akira spots him and he's like Hayami, you got to come over here. It's something you need to see. Knowing full well, he's like, Hayami, I'm going to crush yeah, your dreams. Exactly. Like I said, never meet your hero's children. <laughs> and this old man has a giant pile of shit. Yes, that he does. He has a big dookie ball that he gives to Xander. And Xander's like, thank you. I love, I love this stinky ball. I can't believe this is just a thing now. This is just a thing that happens in these yep. episodes. People just pass around poop. Yep. Now, Dookie Ball is a great name for a like dark side monster that we find out later. <laughs> Dookie Ball. <laughs> that no no no. That's like the that's like their catchphrase when they transform. Dookie Ball. Yeah, and exactly. It plays there like you go. and it goes. Oh, the great hero Dookie Ball changes to the <laughs> when you know. And then also his sidekick did it all for the Nookie. Yeah. It's true. Yes. So after um after that, like Hayami shows up in his fucking K truck and he's like, Oh no, it's the old man who's actually dark side. I love I love that like every time they find out someone's dark side, they just all go, Dark side. <laughs> so and goofy. it's happened to them so many times by now. You would just think that they just assume everyone is dark side. They're just paranoid. I probably would. Hayami has like liked a dude like four different times like ah the ramen shop owner ah this lady ah this whatever well it's just like akira they they are constantly able to get him if the dark side is a female 
And even if they're like acting the absolute weirdest that a human being would, he's just like, oh, she's so mysterious and hot. It's true. So then Xandar yeets Akira into a bunch of boxes. <laughs> and they start fighting and Changeron basically gets his, his ass beat. And um, Hayami's Yami before was eating his, his, you know, umeboshi on top of rice and he's eating it and he's like, mm, it's so sour. And he shows up and he gets tossed onto like the top of a freezer truck or like a reefer truck. And the yeah. doors come open and all the mackerel and all the sushi and fish fall out. <laughs> and Changeron gets hit and all his, uh, his uh, what is it called? Sword. What's the sword called? Shining Blade. Uh, yeah. The Shining Blade, yeah. Yeah, whatever. The Shining Blade gets mixed up with the mackerel. And this is where the mackerel <laughs> gag comes in. He hands him. What does he hand him first? He doesn't hand him a mackerel. First. He uh, hands broom. him a broom. That's what it is. Yeah. He hands him a broom. He's like, this isn't the sword. Are you stupid? Like, what's wrong with you? Meanwhile, Hayami's like tripping on acid as he's trying to find this fucking sword because he's he's like, I don't know, very sick concussed. or something. Yeah, he's like very yeah. concussed from getting tossed. And, <laughs> and then he goes, oh, hang on. Okay, I'll find it again. And then he gives him the fucking mackerel. <laughs> and Honestly, I'm a little bit disappointed by Mackerel, too, because I thought he was going to bonk Xandar with the fucking Mackerel, and he doesn't do that. He should have. He should have. Yeah, I know. It, it just immediately gets cut in half. Yeah. Waste a good fish, too, honestly. It's true. Um, <laughs> then eventually, Hayami blacks out, and you get the reveal that Hayami is Zabreda. <laughs> Imagine if he wasn't. It was a big fake out. Right, yes. <laughs> he just passes out, and then the blader is like the, a third person that just shows up and goes, ah, it's me. I'm your cousin from a distant planet or something. Right. <laughs> That'd be great, actually. <laughs> they spent all this time setting it up that it's Hayabi, and it's just it's just not. It's just some third dude. I, I really enjoyed that uh, scientific explanation they were giving yes. their time to, to like explain everything away. I was like, yes! <laughs> Like they they do this like in while well, the entire fight is going they do a scientific explanation, but via narrator about why pickled plums turns him into Zablader, because he ate the the evil dark seeds earlier in the episode. Yeah, and it was like all these chemical reactions that lined right. up perfectly for it. It's like a four minute like just like thing going through like oh and there's this kind of acid when this kind of acid hits like the body temperature it turns it. To nuclear acid, this kind of stuff. Yeah, well, even in the episode, that explanation does go on for quite a bit, so. I'm kind of a sucker for a hero who, like, has to do a certain thing to become a hero, though. Just like, oh, and I, like, have to eat candy or something, you know? Yeah, that's fun. Mm-hmm. So, he turns into the blader, and the blader is, like, he's, like, your stereotypical hero, right? But, like... Hayami has, like, a completely different, like, personality. He's like, oh, Eri, you should get out of here because women are, like, flowers and they need to be protected and blah, blah, yeah. blah. And they're like, what the fuck? Like, what's wrong My with grandma him? grandma says. Yes, exactly, right? <laughs> he turns into Kabuto. Um, <laughs> so, basically, he just beats the shit out of his Andar and the other dude. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does, like, cool fucking moves too like he's awesome yeah yeah it's a really good fight um and then uh it gives the time for change around to summon the knights and uh 
well, no, they open the door to the dark, the dark dimension, and and badly comped in uh, gas shoots out, and then <laughs> he's like, oh no, we need to close the door, so he just shoots it with the knights, and it's like, yep, that movie mentioned his like kick is like a completely horizontal, just like two foot planted like perfect drop kick that like. Dolphin kicks up into their chin afterwards and it kills them. Oh, it's so awesome. It's so yes. good. Um, and this new gateway opens because apparently last time they just like destroyed the like poop and like got the people back alive. So they use all the same footage, including like Xandar Stardia, all the same dialogue, except for like some reaction shots and like some shots of the people like at the fish market, like getting hit. So it's just like repeat this whole like 30 second scene and like it's just like one hit and it's dead and it's so <laughs> funny and then they do it again next episode <laughs> mm-hmm. yep so uh after that i mean the episode like just kind of ends right like they don't really address anything else specific yeah, they decide that they're going to keep the facts that oh, he yeah. is the blader away from him. Because he now. doesn't remember, right? He's like, he blacks mm-hmm. out and then wakes up in the the uh, detective office. And he's like, well, that was weird. They say something like the Munkata narrator comes back to be like, and then this acid turns into this and melts with this and makes it forget. Right. Um. Okay. Uh, I guess we'll move on to the last episode today is episode 34. So is it friendship? Yeah, is it friendship? <laughs> no. Uh so never, almost never. This this is a great episode. So Hayami and and Akira just chilling in a motisando in uh in Tokyo and they're filming a movie, I guess, or a com- uh, I, yeah, I they say a movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> I said, there's some kind of filming for some idle garbage. I don't really care. <laughs> and, like, there's this, like, super Lolita girl. Yes. I mean, she's, like, an idol or whatever, right? Like, um, like her style, not her age. Yeah, 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 yeah right, right. <laughs> so, uh, they're, they're filming this video or whatever, and the main other character is this idol guy, and Akira's, like, really irked by this dude because he's like i can do that what do you like it's not hard like he just looks <laughs> he's nice. in his feelings again this right episode. yeah um <laughs> so, he's mad because he likes women and he's like i wish i had women he's like no i have the same hayami <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and sorry what, you're saying, what, what happens is like the uh what is their their his manager's name like kobayashi or or something i forget her name but she like approaches Akira and Hayami and they're like, oh, you know, can you help him? Because I forget what is what was his problem? I don't even remember. When Akira they kicked say. the can. Yeah, but that was afterward. The but they were talking oh, okay. to her before that. He oh. refuses to take the case because male idols just have like money and women. Uh, that's and that's what not is. what yeah, he's, he's about. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. want to take the case. He gets pissed off because he keeps the guy keeps getting chased by girls. So he kicks a steel can. In That's anger, it, yeah. and it hits him right in the head and just knocks this dude out. <laughs> the director's reaction is the best, honestly. So the, direct, the director's like, cut, 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 stop, stop. He's like, get this idiot out of here. And they're, and they're like, what? Why? And he's like, I don't have time for weak actors. <laughs> <laughs> G- 
Get him out of here. He's fired. Uh, And then he's like, hey, you, you kick that can real good. You want to be in a fucking movie? And he's like, (laughs) Akira's like, hell yeah, I do. All right, sure. He's like, I'll take that guy's job. Immediately ends his tantrum. Yep. And Hayami joins the movie, too, after saying he, he wouldn't. And, like, one of the first scenes is, like, he's get put in front of the camera and just starts, like, recording a message for his grandmother. <laughs> right. It's such a him thing to do, though. And then, and then the director's like, what are, you, what are you doing? He's like, you don't do that. It's not, it's not real. It's fake. You should be more real. <laughs> so... They they're asked to be in a movie about friendship, uh, at where Akira ironically plays a detective, and he, the plot of this, what is the plot of this movie? He's like captured it's by tombstone. Yeah, he's like captured by a uh, uh, the mafia, and he but he has to go to his girlfriend, his sister's some, funeral. Sister's funeral. That's what it was. Someone's There's wedding or wedding wedding wedding. Yeah, it's his sister's wedding. So he asks. He's like, you need three hours, but they won't let you go unless you put someone in their place. So you got to replace it with your friend. And it's like, oh, does your friend come back or not to save you? <laughs> yeah, no. It's a lot. This really makes you think, huh? I'm a better person for having seen it. <laughs> but it's like funny because they're like, oh, Hayami, this is what you'll be doing. And they put like a mannequin in like an electrified steel fucking cage <laughs> and they turn it on. And he's like. Uh, I don't want to be in there. Like, oh, don't worry. Akira will be back. It's fine. We'll just go shoot the movies for two hours and then come back and you're cool. I don't know why the the context is like you have to make it more real. So we got to have like actual stakes. Like we're going to fucking kill you with electricity. This dude is like a Japanese Stanley Kubrick. Yes, basically. You could almost just see him like running around terrorizing his actors with an axe or something if he thought it would get a better shot. Because, like, what he did was be like, okay, here's B-roll, and if at the end of these three hours he doesn't show up, you're getting shocked. So that's what happens, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Just uh, like he knew it would. You could see how apprehensive he was during the whole thing. So I have a note here that just says, man, Hayami and Akira are really gay. Oh, yeah. Like, super gay. Yeah, no, that's for truth. Yep, yep. It's... Yeah, it's um, yeah, I understand now why like so many people are writing fanfics about it because um, Akira blows some dudes up with a bazooka. That happens. So like he's like hearing what the movie happens, but like he's told he has to go and come back in three hours. So he's like, he's like, I'll hang out for a couple hours. And then he just sees this woman. About right. To right. Go. He just sees a lady who's about to <laughs> just kill herself. He's like, yeah, oh, I better go save her. So he saves this lady from from jumping off the uh, what looks like Rainbow Bridge to me, um, and and he he saves her, and then she's like, I've never had a man like treat me this way. Like men have always treated me like crap. Blah blah blah. And he's like, oh well, why don't we go on a date? It'll be great. It's like, meanwhile, Hayami's still in this like fucking electrified cage, and he's like, sure, hope Akira comes back so I don't die. <laughs> and then Akira immediately goes to a theme park because that's what you do. And then and the, we get a little cameo. Yep. Yeah, sorry. We had a cameo. Who, who's in the cameo? 
the Blues Brothers. Oh yes, okay, that was my next my next note. Oh, the Blues Brothers show up again. <laughs> and this is where it, I was gonna say this is where it gets weird, but that's I mean weirder. That's a series. That's a series. So they decide that they're like master plan to get like revenge on akira is one of the the brothers the the blue blues brothers not the red blues brothers decides Uh that it's a good idea to cross-dress and i said to myself when i was watching this this is 100 percent gonna work isn't it he's on a date with somebody currently they say everybody suicide yes and i'm like this is 100 percent going to work isn't it and sure enough it fucking works so <laughs> Akira just will fuck anything that moves, right? So mm-hmm. he's like, oh, hey, lady, you want to go on a date later? And he like turns around. And he's like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part is that um, so like when they're trying this, so Aka Blues is like, oh, you look like our mom. And then like Owie Blues is like, oh, no, I don't. Like, I look great. Just. <laughs> so goofy those two are so amazing i i honestly hope we get to see them again before the series ends and the third brother midori blues i think Mm, we haven't seen him yeah but they tie him up and say we're gonna get ransom like how much ransom will we get from this detective right yeah they're like (laughs) they don't even really like know who he is right they're just like oh he's a guy here's this guy that keeps showing up while we're doing stuff and like leaving to do something else um so uh eventually xandar shows up and he's had enough of those blues brothers he's like you guys are just fucking annoying and he just eats eats their alarm it's right there they're dead blues brothers are dead again annoying. don't even think of blues brothers 2000 yeah <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know why I wrote that. This is this is slapstick as fuck. What happens after Xandar murders the Blues Brothers? I mean, they um, I think they like die really weird. Like, like yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Okay, yes, this is that's what it is. So eventually, Xandar it like shows up to the movie set and like abducts, or like he catches Akira and he like puts him in a fucking warehouse somewhere yeah and ties him up and then he's like please please xander like show me some mercy you're a warrior too right <laughs> he's like you know like give me a warrior's mercy i just want one hour <laughs> and he's like okay well I'll, I'll give you one hour but you you need to replace yourself with someone he's like i know exactly the guy <laughs> and he goes and gets Hayami <laughs> <laughs> and puts him into the into the into like Xandar's care to be be sitting there and Xandar's like, you know, I'm gonna just count you down every like 15 minutes and menace you or you know, shake the sword, put it by your head and make sure you're feeling all right. I really thought that like Xandar and Hayami were gonna become friends, like and that was what the title oh, was gonna God, be. Oh god, that would have been way funnier. <laughs> they just both don't like Akira, so they're like, Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> Let's kill him. Honestly, if Hayami ever did become a dark side, it- Akira wouldn't be able to take him. Like, he's just too disciplined. And I love that, like, when Hayami gets there, Akira's like, you have to take my place. Hayami's like, no. Like, you've already screwed me over once. No. And he's like, just get over here. And he, like, grabs him and, like, Akira ties him up himself. He's like, there we go. I'll be back in an hour. 
So and like he rationalizes like oh um like there's like a like very innocent like young girl waiting for me. <laughs> right. And then Hammy's like, mm, okay, if that's the case, it's fine. <laughs> so he immediately <laughs> goes back to the date with this girl and she's like, Oh, um, I used to sell what she sell pots. She's like, I used to sell pots. And knives. She's like, hey, I used to sell pots. Um, and he's like, Akira's like, oh, I'll buy one from you. She's like, I also sell a knife set. And he's like, huh, okay. And he like he's like seen walking with her. He's like, oh, I had like a really good time on our our date or whatever. And then she sees the idol guy from before, and she's like, oh, is that Kinoshita jo- Joji guy? I yeah, his something. name something like that. And she's like, oh, I want his autograph. And she runs over and Gears just goes. He's like carrying like three pots and a set of knives, and he's just like, what the fuck? And he just drops <laughs> them all on the ground. I'm like. I was like, I knew it. She's she's an MLM salesperson. <laughs> oh goodness. It's even funnier because he gets so mad because Rui keeps getting scammed. Yep. Yeah. But he's thing. just as susceptible. And I I hate to we we've completely forgot to mention him, but like the director is like omnipresent in this this series of of yes, you know, stuff going on. And he shows up to Akira, and Akira's like, oh, I gotta go help Ayami. And and they're like, no, you gotta be in our movie or whatever. We don't we don't got the time. And he's like, no, I, I gotta go save my friend. And then the director goes, well, what if we give you a kissing scene with the idol? And, like, Akira just, like, has, like, a fucking soliloquy thinking about, like, hmm, should I just go and kiss the idol and, like, leave Hayami to his own devices? Hmm. Hmm, he's just sitting His there own. thinking about it. And then eventually he decides, no, I, I should rescue Hayami. But it's like very, very urgent. Like, like Xander says, like, you have like 15 minutes left. And then they like teleport to the middle of nowhere with like a whole entire like car rig, like filming thing. And he just has his green Citroen and he's like driving it down the street. And I'm like, when did they have time to go set all this up in the time that Hayami had 15 <laughs> minutes left to live? I love this because they're like filming this scene. What they're probably doing is like actually like saving money this way. Cause like for all the scenes where they have both cars, they just have like one car. And it's like, Oh, and like, here's like our one like rig, like how we'd film. It's like, a, like there's like a certain kind of kid that would think this is super cool. Like seeing how they film and like seeing <laughs> how it looks the same. Right. <laughs> and then they just have Akira run for like, 10 minutes in a straight line and he's just like dying i don't know why they took him out to the middle of nowhere but they're like think about that kissing scene akira think about that kissing scene and he's just like having these like imagined scenes where he's kissing the idol and he's like i'm gonna do it for yumiko i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it i'm gonna get there and it's and like director saying stuff like run till you bleed yeah, he's like run to run to you pass out run till you bleed uh and eventually Eventually, Akira does get to Xandar, and he just hits him over the head with a fucking tin box from <laughs> off screen. Like Xandar's just standing there, and then a tin box comes from off screen and hits him in the head. It it was wild. That whole scene was wild. Mm-hmm. And then he and they all run away. They all run away. No, no, no. They don't run away. He turns into Changeron, jumps out a window as it explodes, and then teleports to a forest. And I don't know how they got to the forest, considering they're in, like, the middle of the city, but 
what is what is space? What is time? Who knows? <laughs> what is love? Oh, we know we know what that is. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's living with no regrets. Yes. Um, and I mean, you know, Xandar and him have a fucking duel and they fight, and then he's like, I hate to skip over the fight scene, but like, it's you know, it's whatever. Um, it's a fight scene. Yeah. The knights show up. A gate shows up. They blow up the gate and they go, well, that's done. All right. <laughs> like, finish. <laughs> the same footage from last time entirely. And at this point, I was just, like dying. I, I was going to do this for the last couple episodes. Just here's our big <laughs> just, scene. Just recycle. Yeah. Like it's he bad. <laughs> and then um, the, the episode kind of ends in the way that. Important scene. Oh, no. Yeah, that's true. They have a, a very homoerotic scene at the end between uh, Hayami and Akira. <laughs> like, extremely so. More so than usual. Yes. Yeah. Hayami's saying, oh, like, thank you for saving me. And then, like, Akira's saying, like, oh, but I never got that kiss. And then, like, Hayami's like, oh, well, that's not normal, but I guess you did save me. <laughs> <laughs> what a little doll. You know, he was clearly dropping a hint there. Right? 100%. It wasn't being picked up. I love how he didn't become Blader this episode, though. He's just like, no, oh, yeah, didn't. like I just true. was a damsel. I was fully expecting it, too. But that's the, the, the end of 34, right? Yeah, that's the end of 34. Um, we got five more episodes. Um, I did end up accidentally seeing the next time on uh, N35. Okay. And, woo, okay. We got some stuff coming up. I, I had to, <clears throat> excuse me, not watch the upcoming episode because usually when I do, it's really hard to stop myself from going ahead to watch the next one. So it'll be a nice surprise for me. Let's just say they had to one up crucifixion and they did. Oh, nice. OK. Crucifixions, crucifixions. What would one up crucifixion? <laughs> okay, Two good crucifixions. Game. Inverted crucifixion. Ooh. OK, fair enough. <laughs> predictions for next week <laughs> oh is it on is it on an x instead of a cross <laughs> these are great this like oh like what if you crucified at the x games like <laughs> on a vert ramp and what if you waterboarded him with mountain dew that's oh, it. shit we've got it so wrestling um at the royal rumble for WWE just had like a mountain dew pitch black match which was dumb but like fun um but I could see like waterboarding, like Guantanamo Bay, sponsored by PepsiCo. <laughs> That'd be nice. I don't know. Uh, We're probably not too far from it, honestly. What's that like weird Gatorade that's water and like um, idiocracy, that kind of stuff? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, it's called, what is it called? I can't remember either. Why am I blanking on this? Brondo. The Thirst Mutilator. <laughs> it has electrolytes. That's what it is, yeah. I wonder how that movie's aged, honestly. Probably not great. <laughs> anyway. um, We will see for next time how our cruise predictions come out. But for now, though, what we do at the end of every episode is we talk about um, a couple important questions. And first off... Uh, Let's start with our uh, third favorite character and go around, but uh, Steph, David, me, who were your top three favorite characters? Who was your first one? Uh, my, <clears throat> excuse me, my third favorite 
is probably the uh, fish market owner. I loved that he was perfectly willing to play along with all that fame, knowing that he was not doing what they said he did and just had that personality the entire time where he was just so serious. And honestly, cutting up a fish on live TV, I, I can't get much better than that. The man's a showman. Mm, that's a good one. That's a good poll. <laughs> um, my number three is the evil flute monster. I think it was a good episode, Shit. good character. Um, and yeah, he he's just uh, he's he was just he's just a good character. I enjoyed it. Like the episode he's from is good. So yeah, I'm gonna give uh, my number three to Xandar mm. mm-hmm. because Xandar is actually in this a lot this time. He's kind of like the ultimate bad guy of the show, as far as we know, and he's like getting characterized pretty well just the way he's talking about like oh we can make a new dark dimension as if like it's clear that you haven't fixed what destroyed it or like it's not gonna fix what's wrong with people because it wasn't right it was there before you know yeah and steph uh your second character um it's actually a tie between the blues brothers (laughs) so i'm counting them as one i really liked that we got to see more from them uh, these last few episodes, they're so great at just providing absolute slapstick comedy, especially if it's a story that's maybe a little bit heavy. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm stoked to see if we get to see them again before it ends. Yeah, that's a good one. I hope they beat the bankers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, God, this is hard. Um, hmm. I think... I'm going to have to give it to the director, man. Yes. Because he's just so <laughs> weird. And he's he's really omnipresent in the episode that he's in. And he's just like this agent of chaos. He's like, yes, fuck it, whatever. Like, I don't know what movie I'm making. Let's film it. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Good one. Very true. Uh, hmm. That's a, this is hard. Um, I think I'm, my number two is going to go to the hero trainer, Gohot. <laughs> oh yeah yeah he's just great shout. <laughs> and like i love how it just became like oh let's make sure that we're like fulfilling his wish let's just, we're kind of like let's make sure like like we properly like, celebrate his life or whatever <laughs> and uh your most favorite character this time steph most favorite i am actually at the other end of the list with david on this one uh would be the flute playing dark side um we have had a couple of characters that, like we said before, were kind of more questionable than actually evil. And he definitely was an egomaniac and cared a lot about his music. But, you know, he used the last couple of seconds of his life to try and make a little girl girl going into surgery feel better. And it's a small touch, but it's something that just, you know, showed a lot more empathy than you ever get to see out of these creatures so I, I thought it was really cool that's a good poll david For me it is definitely go hot like that weird otaku nerd is just <laughs> like the, yeah. the entire concept of that episode is so funny and i love it <laughs> yeah um hmm. i'm gonna give a shout out to um Munkata. Mm. he's rarely here yeah, but I just love how I was just like, man, I actually wasn't here for a reason. I went to like 
a buy-in portal to the dark dimension. Right. <laughs> right. And all his stuff, like, talking about, like, the, like, acids and whatever that are making him into this and that. And just <laughs> what a dumb character done so well. <laughs> but uh, our second question, though, uh, what was our Toku moment of the week, uh, Steph? Uh, I really, really like getting to see Xandar's transformation, the dark burst, um, just because I've never seen a transformation like his before. That whole effect that they put on his face and everything, I definitely stood out for me. I think that effect might just be like a hair dryer on real high. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. But still, I was like, well, it's unique. I'll give it a 10 this week. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, David? For me, it's okay. There's one specific move in the in that fucking Gohad episode where like he's fighting with Changeron. Changeron like blocks a thing and then like jumps off his head over top of him. And I'm like, oh man, that was cool. Like that was a cool effect and it looked great. Yeah. There are like a lot of these like like in suit like stuntmen that are just like insanely good at what they do to the effect where like, oh yeah, I can like do a backflip of like 40 pounds of stuff on me. Like it's really weird. Like I think um in like a lot of the like weird like American made like Power Rangers footage, they just do that where like, hey, here's this falling apart suit we got from Japan four years ago. You want to <laughs> do a backflip? <laughs> I'm not gonna reach out the reuse seed in the air, but I do um do just <laughs> want to shout out uh the however they did it, like whether it was like wires or like an actual sword which i don't think is safe the fact that they did cut a mackerel in half in the middle of a fight scene <laughs> that's true i never thought about that how the fuck they did that yeah same <laughs> like pre-cut but they like glued a little bit like a little tape on i, I don't Maybe, know who knows but that's a kind of dangerous stud or like a ig just stud, i guess and i think um our most competitive version of this for a minute though is best outfit. Oh, pff, this isn't a contest. It's fucking cowboy Akira. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Second, that I'm not even gonna try and think of one I liked half as much because it doesn't exist. Though go hot, it's pretty hot. That's, that's true. A good look. I know. Yeah. I mean, that's closer to my actual fashion sense. Uh, I would love to see people cosplaying as like change around characters or something at like a like Comic-Con or something. <laughs> well, if I go to one again, now you just gave me an easy way to do that. I mean, when they start like saying stuff like, oh, and what's that hairdryer for? It's for when I black out or burst out or whatever. <laughs> That's the show there, everybody. Um, just a programming note. Uh, next week is the OG's podcast. Uh, me and Copes at a senpai looking at um Cameron Geese episodes 20 and 21 and it's a part of the uh, short-lived split too we're also looking at um episode 45 of both uh Cameron Build and Trojan's Sentai Jetman so that's a weird chunk of episodes but uh in two weeks this show comes back to look at the last five episodes of Changer on and uh we have talked briefly about uh next time but um it's looking like a, a, a shorter, lesser known show in a uh, Shogaki Goregan is our uh, next show, which should be uh, right now. It's looking like uh, after Changer on um, the next episode will be the first four episodes of that show. Then we'll cover that over like 
three more episodes of like three episodes each. So a shorter cool. pod after that. But let's uh make like an Irish bear and plug ourselves. Steph, <laughs> where can people find you when you're not talking <laughs> with turkeys out there? It it took me a minute to try and work out how that would work, and then I just realized it, you know, I, I wasn't broadening my horizons enough, so had to just get my imagination in gear. Um, you can find me on Instagram at nobody much. Um, I do still have a Twitter account, uh, at hat underscore sis. I do not ever use Twitter anymore. Um, and I barely use any other social media. So sorry about that. Um, also check out www.arcademilitia.com. We have been recording like crazy and are going to start releasing episodes again soon. So get caught up in the meantime. Awesome. And David? All right, you can find me on the Tokyo Fresh podcast uh, or my personal Instagram at Zyrel. Uh, I still need to post most of those Kamen Rider uh, expo pictures. I just haven't got around to organizing them all because I took so many pictures. <laughs> yeah, you could find uh, me um, on Twitter.com at James Forge, uh, um, on co-host at James D. Um, mastodon uh i don't know how the fuck that works uh, <laughs> but um and the podcast um is um at common ride to me on twitter instagram there is a uh, at common ride on co-host there is a uh, if you want to go um to common for episodes and articles there is a slash merch links up to our merch um and uh slash slash episodes to links up to different platforms uh, please rate and review on our podcast and setting questions um kind of your dad had big balls let us know um <laughs> but anyway um any valuable lessons that we've left today with everybody if you've got a tasty looking mackerel you protect that you don't bring it into battle with you don't eat things out of a bag that your boss has there you go Protect your mackerel and don't eat your boss's seed. Yes, correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mazel tov. <laughs> <laughs>